you are on the Game Trail Podcast. All right, the dry results are out, and now we're here to talk. <laughs> That's it. Um, we have a new guest with us. It is Rob. He's new. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Rob. Hi, I'm Rob. That's Rob. <laughs> That's Rob. <laughs> he did draw too. Um, maybe not everything he wanted to, but he did draw deer. And we also and have uh, Victor. Hello, how are you guys yes. doing? I think out of all the draws, he may have been the best one, possibly. I guess I got I lucky, know, dude. Yeah. Our hunt we drew is a pretty damn good hunt. Darn yes. good hunt. Sorry. Yours is a great hunt for archery, but for yes, rifle, drew... elk. Uh. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, dude, you oh, never say your oh, unit. No, you just oh. drew... Mexico. Oh, okay, I just drew no. in New Mexico. I'll fix that later on. They won't even hear that. <laughs> hey, we're going to beep that out. Beep. Beep. You already know. We'll have to guess the unit. <laughs> Never. No. Never. You drew a New Mexico elk unit. Can I say the Gila? Uh, well, you can. Yeah, we did. So, okay. okay. Right. You That's drew the Gila. We'll narrow it down to you for the Gila. First rifle elk hunt. Which is great. Hard Probably to get. demand. I'd say it's probably one of the top five hunts in the state. It Personally, is. as a rifle. I probably. Think. Yeah, it's going to be a good hunt for you. That's my personal feeling. Yeah. And then uh, Rob drew deer. I drew deer in the Gila also, but muzzleloader this year. Muzzleloader, yeah. Just I don't a good know hunt. Was like other than Brian Heron was blowing his head off with one. So yeah, That's you right. guys heard that story. It was in yeah. the like our first podcast. Yeah, That's that right. Be, yeah. That was a long time ago. So you can look back, listen to that, but be very careful with the muzzleloader. Especially with the hair trigger. Yeah. Especially with the hair trigger. Those things are dangerous. Hair trigger and a muzzle loader. Yeah. And throwing it back. So, and then Eric and I drew elk and deer with uh, Nolbert as well, but Nolbert is not with us today. As usual. Doing Um, something else. He's probably sleeping or something. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) He will listen to this later. We all, us three drew deer, or not deer, we drew, we did draw deer and elk. It's all with our bow. Malbo. Vic's rifle, Rob, muzzleloader. Yeah, so we have so the January deer hunt. Yeah, which is so new for me. I haven't yeah, done one in a long time. It's been a long time. Mine's since uh, deer first, uh, second week in October. Yeah, you're in October. So there's a good chance Vic could actually catch him in that, you know, that legendary, maybe not legendary, like an urban secondary rut that people talk about. They could be running. I would not be surprised if he catches... Uh, at least them making noise in early October. I know we've been, me and Brian have been out in early October and they were still bugling. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it straight out run action, but they're making noise and you can locate them. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of cool. Kind of what we're looking forward to as well. Hopefully it'll happen. Yeah. 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 The biggest thing for Vic that he's going to have to be very well disciplined is it's a covenant unit, especially with a rifle, is do you hold on the first day or do you wait to the last day of that whole? Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people always say, don't ever pass up something what you'll you shoot, shoot on the last day, on the, last day, yeah, yeah. On the but, first day. But you got to remember the area right. I'm in as well is yeah, they're no, they're with the elk. We that's know the right. area. We know people who... Robbie knows the area. He's actually him. from, or not from, he worked down in that area for a long time, so he's pretty familiar with that, with the Gila. There's a, there's a lot of elk down there, but I personally wouldn't pass up anything. <laughs> I just, I would <laughs> like, just okay, want, so <laughs> want the Okay, so legal in New Mexico is... What, a brow tine? Six right? inches Six or inch bigger, or it has to so fork a, off a at fork. the top. Yeah. A fork bowl. Would you, would you pass a fork bowl and you 
Hila? We'll say it again. Uh, maybe not a fork bowl. Okay. That's what I was getting. At. I would pass. So and even a raghorn. I'm I'm gonna pass the first day. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard, like you said. I have to be disciplined. But we have to see what we're seeing, you know, and we'll do some scouting beforehand and get ready. And how deep we are, you know, it just depends on day one. But you definitely ha if you're hearing them and seeing them, I think I would hold off to see what we could find. And your rifle hunting for so day that, two. And we know a couple guys are gonna go down with you. The spotters, which helps out. Correct. And those yeah. spotters they know, know the area very too. well. In fact, I had a buddy of mine that I'm going with, my partner. He actually so, had the hunt last year for cow elk around, it was the archery, so it's right before my rifle hunt, same time last year, and saw plenty of big, big bulls. If you had a rifle, it could reach out and touch them for sure. So, yeah. And I think the main thing, too, I have to get ready. I have to go fire my rifle. You know, I haven't had an elk hunt in probably six, seven years, I believe, is what I'm thinking. Um, I did have a deer hunt a couple years, two years ago, which I did get a deer. Um, but an elk hunt I haven't had in a while, so I need to go shoot and practice. So, and bringing up on that, a lot of people are always saying use a bigger caliber gun and stuff like that for that longer range. You know, what are your guys' thoughts, you know, whenever you guys draw a rifle hunt? Who, me? No, the audience. Oh. Well, as me, I own what a 30 What would you guys prefer to take elk with if they're the four or 500 yards out there? So I hunt with a 30 6 I've never had any problems with it. It can reach out and touch, and I'm comfortable with it. So do I borrow a gun from somebody, a 7 mag, or to reach out? Yeah, but you have That's... some nostalgia going on with your rifle, too. Right. This my rifle's your... 25 years this old. This is my rifle. This is my... This is my rifle. This is my gun. Yeah. <laughs> but so. it's really... Um, I've had that rifle for a long time. I've killed some animals with it, and it's special to me, and I'm comfortable with it. So being comfortable with something also works good. And uh, they, that .30-06 will reach out and touch somebody. I get it. So if I practice and, and let's see, you, you got to know your weapon. It's just yeah. like everything. You have to know your weapon. You got to know the the different caliber or the the like the bullet grain stuff like that. You know because each one's going to drop different. So if you're comfortable shooting 165 grain and then you move up to 185 grain, it's going to shoot different. Definitely. So you got to know the drop at the certain distances. And I know Eric and I have been out and made a huge board out of what was it out of sheet uh, some sheetrock. And I put a giant target on it, and when we moved it out, we can we knew exactly on how many inches drop we had at certain yardages. And you still hold that on, shoot, and you see that drop, yeah, and that's your drop, and then you hold that over, drop. yep. And, you're and it, it helped us, and we were able on. to mark it, and then put our little cheat sheet on our guns and stuff like that. So when we we're out in the field, we knew exactly where we needed to hold. And and of course, you know, when you're sitting there practicing, you. You do you you have that holdover, and then you shoot to make sure that it's right, and it was always right on. Yeah, and it helped out a lot. I mean, what is a piece of sheetrock cost? It's pretty cheap. It's okay, Norbert. You're late to the show. Norbert's Norbert, here. he's the one that is he attached with me and Brian, and um, well, we're not our attached attached, but we're attached on the same hunting license <laughs> to, to elk hunt and deer hunt. So he got lucky too. He just joined us, but I don't know if he's going to talk or anything. He just laughed. And then... So that's another issue, too. You know, we're talking about the rifle, which is great, but you also got to talk about the optics that you have. Yes. So some of the optics that I have, I don't have an extreme high optic. So I'm at a 9 by 40 which is a very good um, scope I have, Vortec. is the brand I use, and I really liked it, so I did get my deer. So now I haven't really reached out further than 400 yards. 
So that's where I have to practice and see what it's going to be like. So it's um, a shooting a vortex. Uh, what's the power of? So that? I'm a. It's a Diamondback three by nine by forty. Right. And it has a dead hold, so I don't know. And forty, <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, nine, cool, man. the nine it's by forty. Well, right. So the, that's the magnification's nine, and forty is the size of the outer optic on how much light it collects. So that's yeah, the size of the optic. So as far as like ra range wise, how many, how how much yardage is that going to give? That's what I need to learn. So I can't really answer that, to be honest. No, with bro, you. can you answer that question? You better be able to hear him. But no. do you know much about optics? Oh, that 10 by 42 oh, wow. and... <laughs> I've looked it up like three times and I don't get it. <laughs> if you're out there, leave a comment. Oh, I can't leave one. Too bad. Um. <laughs> so so those are some so of the hurdles that I have to... Or send us something on right. our, uh, our website. And that's something yeah. that I have to learn and observe and play with. So that's part of my goal to get ready in October is to figure that with out. With weights? Well, that as well. Yes, sir. Yeah. But I've been walking. Shape. We got an elk shape today. We... Uh, yeah. We all got Fitbits, and I'm up to 5,000 steps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. at 8590. So. Oh, steps. So that's uh, our Fitbits. What we got to get us into elk shape, and we've been kind of getting into it, but we still. Got I've been a mostly working bit. on my sleeping because I'm trying to get my goals eight hours a night, and yeah, I'm at six. <laughs> that's getting you in elk shape Part to the, sleep yeah, eight hours. There's three components of elk shape: sleep, eat, and steps. Right. Sure. That's a solid plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably add some fiber in there. What do you guys do to get Fiber's into elk shape? <laughs> yeah, so first number, 10, uh, ten. is 10 times magnification. 10 times, ten times closer. Ma okay. And which is the size of the optic. Which, okay. And that's how much light it collects and how far you could see. Gotcha. And that is correct. Starting to make a little sense, I think. Not much. You lost me a hello. <sighs> Yeah, that happens. So, you know, the yardage is I, a thing. What do we can dial in at? <clears throat> We're using both, so there's no optics involved in that besides our binos. But you're using muzzleloader. Do you have an optic on your muzzleloader? So, I'm going to... In the past, I've always borrowed a muzzleloader, but <laughs> <laughs> since um, <laughs> we uh, put in as a big group this year and got drawn out for it, now I have to go buy a muzzleloader. So I'll have to figure out which one I'm gonna get. Figure out time to get to, <laughs> figure, to, to yeah. buy one. <laughs> figure out how to pay for it. Figure out how many pellets to use, and and then also go with the optics. So I have a, I have a lot of work to get. Well, and that's on the that. thing too is with the muzzle, you gotta try all the different grains and mm -hmm. different bullets, so on and so forth, to try and figure out which well, one shoots better yeah. out of that muzzle loader, right? So well, the, the tag that you drew too, though, are you allowed to shoot? Just Mildred, because down the hill, they got Mildred and Coos. So are you allowed to shoot either or it's in your tag? either or as long as it's forked on one side. So it's like any, that's kind of cool. So any you fork shoot, out in their deer. You see a nice Coos, which is pretty cool. I'd probably... I, yeah, I'd be very I'd happy shoot. with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that's cool. Because some tags don't are specific to right, some are Mildred or Coos. That's cool that you can hunt all of the Gila with the... It says whitetail in the, in the rules and yeah, regs. whitetail. I don't know why they say whitetail. I guess it's part of the whitetail family, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, in the rules and regs, it, it says uh, fork antler, whitetail, deer, in the definition, in the rules and regs of What did you Mexico. change up for your bow? You bought a whole new bow, didn't you? I bought a whole brand new bow. I got it for Christmas, uh, but I was due. My old one was a 14 model. And now I have the brand new Hoyt uh, Nitrix, something like that. I can't. 
I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyways, I got that. And so I, I'm still uh, trying to get it all sighted in. I need to uh, tune my bow with the broadheads. So I need to buy myself uh, a broadhead target. Because I just have the 3D and shooting at that 70 yards is kind of scary because it's a small little 3D target and I don't want to miss. Yeah. But, I mean, for the most part, it's it's pretty close. I mean, you might have to do a, some small tuning. Yeah. I've shot a couple broadheads with it just at the 30 yards. So, um, other than that, and just a stabilizer quiver. I have a stabilizer on there. just took basically stripped my old bow down, a, you know. And just put it all onto the brand new one. It's just a matter of shooting it. Probably end up getting a new string um, put on it. And so that that way I have a backup just in case. So you mentioned uh, you have that target set out at 70 yards with your bow. Is that about where you're going to be comfortable with out in the field? Yeah. I, I usually don't go past. I could get in my backyard. I could shoot 80 and I'll have that pin, but I'm not a comfortable at that yardage and i could do 70 but where i'm really comfortable is the the 60 70 is kind of pushing it a little bit um and then 80 i mean i've done it before in the past but when with the new bow and stuff like it's just i'm not comfortable with it yet my old bow i was comfortable and i had that 80 yard pin and i'll shoot it all day long but with the new one and it might take practice you know the more i shoot a little bit more comfortable and I know exactly I know my equipment I might do those shots but now as long as it's I'm in the open if it's thick cover so on and so forth I probably I won't I won't do a shot like that I got to make sure that I got that clear clear opening and he's not going to move or jump because that distance but by the time you shoot he could move and then you end up you know gut shooting or gut shoot like that. low high yeah now, how, um, obviously, if you're shooting in your backyard, you're probably shooting flat ground. Right. Now, how much is your uh, comfort range going to change once you, if you're on a hillside? On the up? elevation, I'm not too sure. Yeah, it's easy. I mean, you get in your house, you just shoot off your house. You about <laughs> shoot off the roof. <laughs> you just shoot off your roof and get about 12 foot difference in the right. elevation. I haven't done it myself yet. Actually, a good idea. I just came up with it. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. I haven't thought about that. The neighbors might call nine one on you. Yeah, that, that <laughs> might get a little <laughs> attention. Yeah, get you a little bit too much more attention. Oh, for you guys living in the city, yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, down so where I live, I'm good. I don't have to worry about that. My part of the city. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. This thing you're... But a lot of people do. You know, they get that elevation change, and it helps. I mean, and that's the good thing. I mean, with us, Nobert and I, we could get together and go shoot, you know, anywhere out there in the in the hills, and get that different elevation change just to get that practice done yeah i am leaving the hoyt family what yeah i'm selling i sold it's gone sold so you don't have a bow right now i well i do have a bow right now it's just not set up yet uh i bought a prime a prime prime Prime. Well, well, those new primes are kind of cool looking. I mean, I've seen them. I don't know anything about Prime. Yeah, our buddy Rich, which you've probably heard him on the podcast, he's the legendary <laughs> Rich Frederick. <laughs> he's the one that uh, he had a prime that, I don't know, he wheels and deals bows and a prime. He wanted me to, you know, try it out. And I'll just be honest, it was pretty cool. It was quiet and felt comfortable. And I wouldn't say I necessarily need a new bow, but. 
I need a new bow. How old was your? I think bow? it was 2007. This one's 2018. So, so that's technology helped. Oh yeah, a technology bit as well. changed quite a bit. That's probably what you know, helped out too. What I mean, feels that's so fun. Well. That's the thing when shoot, you're you know but you're shooting. Fun. You know, you it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're not comfortable with that brand name, one you just go. Th- there's so many out there. Yeah, you just find one what you're comfortable tweaks with. Tweaks on it too. So I, you know, I know everyone says you know. I've been a Hoya fan for a long time, and I, I was surprised that I deviated the way I did, but I'm going to. So it's kind of another adventure on top of <laughs> like a very coveted hunt that we drew to. So yeah. There's a lot coming together. How long before your bow's ready, before you can start practicing? Uh, I don't know. I haven't asked Rich yet. Probably could have it ready by the next week, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Start shooting. You too. Me you know. too. Get out there. I have buddies who've been... <laughs> Hitting me up, asking me questions, you know, on uh, broadhead tuning their bows and stuff like that, you know. And <laughs> a lot of it, you know, it, it's it's difficult. You know, if you don't know, I mean, they're, you just go down to an archery shop, you know, um, talk to whatever one you guys prefer and get everything set up, you know. And uh, What do you suggest to all the rifle dudes out there? Because me and you are going to go rifle antelope hunting this year again True. and i have to redial my whole rifle in because i went on a elk hunt with my rifle when i came back my optics were like sideways so i got to redo everything yeah kind of sucks but we all know you know it's expensive as heck to shoot your freaking rifle mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's enough to question. how close are you going to shoot to the hunt you think Victor, well you say i'm good so when I, cause I go bear hunting every year. So when I was getting ready for bear hunting, we got it set for 300 yards out in the field, but I ran two boxes through it. Now, do you buy the ones that you're going to shoot or do you I do buy the ones, ones I'm going to shoot because you practice, you play with what you practice or what do you, you, you use yeah. what you're going to use. So yes, I did buy what I'm going to shoot through it. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to say with you. No, I know. I, I get it. I get it. So it yes, I did. So it's a little pricey. But in the long run, but you want long, to give yourself that shot, yeah, that you chance. Drew a, a really wicked hunt. Well, it's like me with the bow up, right yeah. before. You know, I shoot practice, practice, practice with the broad or the fill points. Yeah. And then I, when it starts getting closer to the the hunt, I just shoot broadheads and that's it. Yeah. You know, to make sure that I'm on constantly with that broadhead exactly on how I'm going to shoot. So. And then, you know, since I'm at 300 yards, it shouldn't be much to make sure I'm dialed in a little further. But I know I'm there, so I have to definitely get out a little further for yeah, sure. Well, like, we'll get hey, you Edward? out there to the range, you know, and get that up to yeah, we need to 800 do. yards or however far you feel that you're going to be comfortable. I mean, we could take those long shots just to – sorry, I got distracted there for a minute. Yeah, we're, some of us are throwing – I'm trying to look at all this – <laughs> some yeah. different ammunition. <laughs> um but yeah, you know, and I think another thing too that helps if you go with somebody to help you shoot, you can't take thirty or forty shots on your shoulder, you know. So no, I, it, I it might be nice hurts. to get some help, and maybe sometimes it's the way you're pulling the trigger after twenty shots, yeah. or you know, so you get some help. Somebody else can go through it, and it doesn't matter who's shooting the rifle. To be honest with you, it's how you shoot it, but at least it gets you dialed in. I mean, that's my suggestion on the way I feel. My about suggestion it. too is that we kind of learned this a little bit with our. I don't know, Brian. Mess around with his rounds when we got into these tags that we get for antelope. But um, on the boxes, it'll show you the kinetic energy 
it's carrying downrange. So that's something to look at. You know, we're all looking at grains mm-hmm. and feet per second, but no one looks at how much kinetic energy is it carrying at the end of that range. And the way I looked at the antelope hunting for, I, I shoot a 308, but I wanted a fast run, but I still wanted to carry a lot of kinetic energy downrange. So I'm taking that 400-yard shot. I'm still packing some good power behind it. And you're not Because sometimes if the run is too fast and too light, you're losing a lot of energy downrange, and you may not get that shot that you want. I know, I know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going through my head a lot. Think about. They, think of that, they think of heavy, oh, yeah, it's going to you know pound out there. But you may lose your kinetic energy by the time you get 400 yards out with a heavier grain bullet. Mm-hmm. You know, with muzzle, I don't know much about muzzling. So Rob and Ryan have to fill in that. But is that what you look at too, or is it? Um, is muzzle loaders are uh, tricky just because each one's going to act different. So like with getting a new gun this year, my plan of attack is going to use one of my friends and kind of model off of the gun he has. And that'll at least give me a starting point of figuring out which bullets his gun likes, how many pellets his gun likes, and going from there. But it'll, it'll be time-consuming because about two shots is the most you can take with the muzzle loader before you have to clean it. Um, or it's just going to get junked up and won't be able to get that breech open and things like that. Huh. So Now the pellets you're talking about, they're the 50-grain pellets, right? Yes. Can you buy like 25 grain pellets now so if you you know it's, oh it's that way if you're doing 100 grain and you didn't want to do 150 you wanted to do 125 grains of powder do they sell that do you know i don't know i've never I don't i've know. always everybody Let's that i've talked that to up. that's big at muzzle loading is it's it's two <laughs> or it three up. three pellets and that's all they've always gone with so how big are the pellets can you see my fingers? Oh, oh yeah, they're about that. <laughs> so are they shaped like a bullet, or are they round like? Um, uh, shaped like a battery, a little shorter, about half oh. the size is a double A battery. Double A, these are double A's. Oh okay. Yeah, I don't know. I've never. I've tried. Uh, oh, so they. Powder, but that's, that's a bit <laughs> they do have bullets for muzzle loaders that look like. Yeah, regular bullets. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I that mean, was you could get question. balls. You could get, get all crazy. kinds of. They get pretty technical in that whole realm. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I don't know much about it, but I don't know anything about it to be honest like, with you. you <laughs> I'm like, I know enough about <laughs> rifles. And uh, do you think we, somebody can overcomplicate it? Probably they could probably overcomplicate anything. I think you can overcomplicate anything to be honest yeah. with you. I think well, we're overcomplicating what we're doing here yeah. i'm over here trying to google something and i can't even get my phone to work so we're, the draws are out oh, those are bullets i need the pellets what about the outstaters what do they do if you put in with an outfitter obviously um you're probably good to go there other than your weapon make sure it's sighted in and um coming from back east we've talked about this before yeah you're maybe pushing the the budget limit but i think the earlier you can get out to the west the better because that you want to acclimate to the elevation even us that are out here in the west have a hard time acclimating not a hard time but we even allow ourselves to acclimate to higher elevation we're sitting here in our town about five thousand foot 
but where we hunt typically is you know nine thousand foot and higher up. So you gotta acclimate. So try to make it out. And the guy, the guys that drew, and hands down, if you're DIY, you know, do it yourself, hunt it out there. But being that tags are hard to draw, especially for out of staters, yeah. But I think if you don't use a guide, you have a six percent chance. They give six percent. I should say six percent of the tags go to non-residents that are not using a guide, which is not a whole lot. So your odds are real low. You may want to use a guide. So now that you've learned that you that you did draw, I would. I, I think I start looking for a guide. If it's a coveted unit, I think I would look for a guide coming out of state. Well, especially a place that. Place that, yeah, that you've never been. Yeah. Um, I won't go into that, <laughs> that story. <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, a Ryan Newberg um, episode last year. He was hunting in our state of New Mexico, and um, we we're trying to figure out where he's hunting at because, you know, we want we like to think we could figure it out just by looking at the mountain peaks. And we figured it out on like his day two on his bow up hunt, <laughs> what uni he was hunting in. And I don't know if you guys know or listening, if you watched him hunt, he wasn't seeing a lot of elk. But that unit's actually pretty good for elk. And I don't know why he wasn't seeing any in the, in the beginning. We are talking about this with uh, in the last podcast. Well, actually before the podcast already, because we knew a guy that actually saw Randy Newberg in um, uh, a restaurant and recognized him and actually kind of helped him out because they weren't seeing very many elk. Um, <clears throat> don't be afraid to ask questions, especially reach out on social media because it, you know, no one wants someone to have like a really bad hunt. They're not going to maybe tell you their secret spots, but so they're going to put you in an area where you should see animal, you know. Deer in this state, I don't know. I think deer in this state is so sporadic and there's no rhyme or reason. I don't oh, know about they, the Gila so much. I, I haven't really hunted. Northern, Northern Gila, I've hunted, you know, Unit 15. I said that because we're not are hunting there, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, but, I'm not hunting in that unit anyway. Yeah. But my unit's so my my unit's so big that we have to concentrate on yeah, an area of it. Yeah, and uh, you could spend just days driving around, but you have to figure out what area you're going to stay in, and that's you have to commit to yeah, some that's a bit big of unit. it. Because it's not for those that know for most of New Mexico, if it when it comes to elk, we split a lot of the units up. They're subdivided up, so if you hear like um 52b and 52s because or was it no 50 or 51a and 51b it's because they split they do that a lot in mexico for elk only i'm not elk only there's only like one deer unit that they, it's the unit twos unit two a b and c they split that one up because of the that's probably your the high quality demand deer hunt only in the mexico i think right pretty much is unit two for the most part yeah probably i think that there might be another one out there but um for the most part, you get to hunt the whole unit. They don't subdivide it up for the deer. Uh, this is the way they do it. And so where Rob's hunting, that is, I mean, that's huge. You're, what I mean, from as a crow flies, probably 100 miles from one side of the unit to the other side of the unit. Yeah, I mean, it's basically <laughs> Arizona to I-25. <laughs> yeah, Arizona to I-25. <laughs> yeah, it's just about that, yeah, pretty much. That's a lot, that's a lot of land to cover. But I know Rob's from the area, so he'll be all right. It's just a matter of locating the one that you want to take down, pretty much. <laughs> I'll shoot day one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shoot day one. 
Muzzleloader, yes. Is there a restriction for muzzleloaders too? Is there? Is this? It's all. It's a fork handler. Fork from bow one all side way to the rifle, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, I just really want to put some. I didn't get elk this year, or and I've never gotten elk, but uh, I just want to put, put too, some. Back, I was like, oh, I didn't try, <laughs> and his odds were should have been. The odds were there. Well, odds were good, but they're still odds. It's still. I even Vegas, I even had a friend that <laughs> used to be an accountant, and I was like, "Run the odds for this," and he's like, "You have a forty-one percent chance of getting drawn," and See, I was that's, like, "That's, that's awesome. Almost 50%. See, that's pretty good. I take those odds. I'd be like, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, that, that was that was my closing odds. deal. Yeah, that's almost like betting on black and red. Uh, yeah, I could land on red. <laughs> I've never I've never won anything. Oh, that, really? No. no, roulette kills me every time. <laughs> I don't do too bad. I just. I'm scared to put the big bucks down on roulette. That's what I'm scared of. So, scared of what? Putting the big bucks down on roulette. Mm-hmm. You put big bucks down? No, sir. I'm not a great man. big gambler. I, <laughs> <laughs> a I play a little man? bit, but I'm not a big gambling man. I like to save my money for hunting. Or did you just went to Vegas? I understand. Four dollars and twenty-five yeah. cents. Yeah, four dollars and twenty cents. What, co- <laughs> what color did you do? Black. Uh, black, and he lost. Dude, they even showed the went red. He's on there. You're like, money. it's been hitting black for ten times in a row. You may want to switch up to red. It was a fifty-fifty chance, and I, <laughs> I blew it. Yeah, you did, dude. That but was it was four dollars and twenty that cents. Was can- aluminum cans he collected for what? Probably like six months. Six months. I had two bags. I got four dollars and twenty cents. Wow, you should have gone way downhill. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, if you had a trash bag, you're probably going to get at least like $10. I'm <laughs> saving the earth because I recycle. So just throw that out there. Oh, I'm okay. doing my part. Strong work, buddy. Thank yeah. you, sir. I appreciate it. I'll give you a medal later. Uh, okay, you can make one out of aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> aluminum metal. But then you won't get $4.20. You might get like $2. And but that'll be a lifetime piece of equipment that I'll wear. You'd wear a metal. You'll wear a metal, I mean? If you make it, I'm I'll wear it. I'm making a metal. You better. <laughs> He's been saying this for like ever. I haven't seen one. Yeah, before, that's his saying, but he doesn't produce. Nope, I don't give him medals. I just pretend I owe these guys like 30 medals each. If you yeah. can make them out but of anyways, wood. <laughs> I'm back on track. Here. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel, anyways, squirrel, squirrel. You guys found out that you drew. Okay, what are yeah. you doing to get into shape for your hunt? I'm are you guys doing anything? Well, you should run more than 110K. Well, but that's a start. You're running every day, working out, doing stuff like that. Some people stay in shape. They change their diets. They do everything. Get to mute it. Jeez. He's over here. He's like ADD, and he's like an old kid playing Nintendo on his phone. How old are you? Uh, 49. (laughs) (laughs) He's playing like Angry Birds. But I'm still acting. Angry Birds. (laughs) I'm playing So anyways, we've all kind of uh, started working out a little bit. Uh, I know Eric... Went on a little diet of that fasting diet oh, change man. thing, whatever. <laughs> He's exercising, running, doing stuff like that. Victor has been. I started getting into it. I don't know what Rob's doing. But he's young, so he just he, <laughs> he just goes. He just goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying like to mountain 30. bike as you much as possible. You just do whatever you want. You just go. There you, you go. That's right. He's doing some I mountain bike challenge thing. Yeah, I'm hoping I can do a race at the end of the month, but we'll see if I can get there. I'm uh, See, in good. June. I'm actually gonna go to the Grand Canyon and do rim to rim. So I'm hiking 23 miles. So <laughs> let's see what happens on that one. Sorry, man. Uh, that's uh, gonna be interesting. <laughs> but um, I guess it's still getting ready for the hunt, right? I'm hiking. with Still getting ready, dude. I mean, it's just getting out, you know. Definitely. Um, get those yeah, you miles in. Like, make it like, oh, I got to go work out. You could go for a hike in the mountains, and that is your right. workout. And that's what you're going to be doing anyways when you're hunting. So, miss yeah. a hike in the foothills. 
We have if you don't live like in Florida, I think you, you can find some mountains nearby or some hills to go hike. Right. I mean, I think a good just starting level is if you're going to go out, try and get a thousand feet of elevation change. If you can yeah. climb a thousand feet, that's that's going to be average. that's going to be pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yep. Yeah, man, that's good. Just push yeah. yourself. Just keep doing it. You know, get yourself in in shape. And I, you know what? We were discussing this with on the well, we were discussing it the other day. Um, and you remember I'm Brian and Robert not to do this because our hunt is 14 days long. The bull hunts are 14 days long, not five days and five days. So we've made this promise in the past. We're like, okay, we're going to take it really easy today, you know, because we've got 14 <laughs> days. No, what do we do? We'll hike 10 miles that day. And then we're like, oh, dude, man, I'm so sore and tired. So we have to remember we're not running a sprint. We're doing a marathon here. So we could probably ease off the 10-mile days. You know, and take yeah. your time and work it in because the rut should be going on. Um, so, I think we need to concentrate on the unit. Will yeah, because the unit what we drew the every time I've been down in that unit, they've been screaming their heads off like like crazy. So we just, we don't want to go out there and just bust our butt that first opening day. You know, just take it easy. We we got fourteen days. Even on the five-day hunts, I mean, you know, I don't think you want to go kill yourself on them day one, and then it makes the rest of the four days miserable, and you don't want to do anything because your legs are No, you can't pick them up when you're stepping over a log and, and you trip fall and on your face. <laughs> <laughs> when you start busting your legs Somebody open, because yeah, you can trip over logs, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Your uh, morale's in the gutter at that point. It's embarrassing, too, especially when you're doing it in front of your friend. Yeah. But start, like, you know, getting... Getting ready for the hunt, you know, is do all your pre-scouting on on Google Earth, on Google, Onyx Maps, Google. you know, or Onyx Hunt, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Get on there and just start researching, marking water holes and stuff like that. Uh, and don't mark the ones off of a dirt road because everyone in their mom yeah, knows everybody about it. in their ground. There's not going to be, be there. nothing there unless it's in the middle of the night. Don't mark those ones; it's a waste of your time because everyone and their mom knows about it. Find one. It doesn't have to be 10 miles deep in there because you're probably going to hit another road anyway. But two miles in there and you find it, if it looks, looks promising. Weird. If it looks like it could be a dirt tank or it looks like a mud hole, if you're hunting September, if you're hunting in New Mexico after after the monsoons hit, those will have water in them. Tip, I would say 90% chance they're going to have water in them. So you should be good. Um, make phone calls. You know what I do? Uh, Ryan knows I do this. I'll call. I'll call like a, I'll find a town nearby, a unit, and I'll call like a gas station or, uh, it's great. Oh, yeah, well, I'll call like oh, I know. a gas station I've or anything and say, hey, how's it, is it been raining down there? How's it look? You know, are the, the streams running? Um, call. These people will tell you exactly, oh man, we haven't rained in 10 days or it's been raining every day. It's green. They'll tell you the weather. And keep your eye on the weather. I mean, we already know what unit we drew, and I already have my weather map directly to the unit that I'm hunting, and I'm watching it like a hawk already because, you know. Yeah, know just keeping that eye on the moisture out, so you know. the moisture level because, you know, no one, are you going to be hunting in wet conditions, which, I mean, I'd rather be hunting in a nice, you know, good monsoon season versus a really dry season because he wants to hunt in the dry grass and all that stuff. Some of us, you know, like hey, even October, even your hunt, it can rain a lot in October. So it could rain. You, you know, you can actually back into the monsoon. Back into monsoon, you might even get a little 
I've seen it snow at that yeah, time of year. Yeah, snow. You can get snow. So we'll definitely have the opportunity to get some rain for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the, like what we're saying, we're we're doing that. We're already looking at Google Earth and Onyx Hunt and just going through, checking out different areas where we've never hunted. Because yeah. in this one unit, we've we've hunted a couple areas pretty hard and heavy, and we know it pretty darn good. And there's a lot of. Uh, Pivot went off. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of elk in those areas, but there's so much country we've never covered. So we're starting to look at that. So we'll be headed down this summer, you know, check out some new country, set up some trail cameras and stuff like that, and get that up and running. So it's doing the scouting for us because yeah, we'd and like to go two days before the hunt. That way we're you know getting acclimated to the the altitude change. We could check our cameras drive around, start trying to locate the elk to see where they're at. And then we go from that, you know. So yeah. always do that pre, pre-scout, pre you know. As if you can't get out, social network and Google Maps and yeah. Onyx Maps. But, I mean, do, do your research, you, you know. I mean, there's a lot of people who are out there who will help you. There's a lot more people who will not and just give you a hard time about it but if you have friends and family who've hunted those areas those are your best bets to go to they'll and then social media out. friends there's a yeah. lot of social media friends you may not have met each other but you know you're, I don't know how it's, it's kind of weird now in this new social media world but I'm sure people have social media friends well and then everybody's kind of we got hit up a couple of times yeah we got that drew a tag from Nevada and we helped him out and his buddy was successful and he had a I would say a good hunt. He was looking for a bigger elk at the time. I think he shot one and had some problems. It is a bow hunt, so it, it just goes with bow hunting the territory. But we're going to say around and interrupt you. But. Oh, well, I mean, everybody, most people are willing to help, especially yeah. since they're thinking, well, I might switch up what I usually do. So having one in the bank, that's not going to yeah. hurt sure at all. Make sure you don't hit someone up that's drew the same hunt as you did because yeah. they're probably not going to help you out at all <laughs> <laughs> now if it's a different unit and they're hunting then they're probably going to help you out I would say yeah but yeah I mean you guys could ask us questions if we know anything about a certain unit you know we'll we'll kind of point you out in a direction hopefully that it will yeah. get you to some game like uh, Eric said we've helped uh, some non-resident guys who you know through our Instagram who drew a nice hunt and they asked us questions and we pointed them in the right direction you know and helped them out yeah 50 one for two that's pretty good yeah they had an opportunity i guess they couldn't close the distance on their second or second elk or something like that right couldn't quite make close the distance or the there's nothing wrong with looking for like a certain age class of he was going after like a 350 type size bull and it's a little bit harder to do um but it can be done. It can be. It's just, that's what he was looking for. And I don't think he went dissatisfied. but I think he just went back with more knowledge of that unit. Whether he liked it or not, I don't know. But um, he went back knowing that that unit, what that unit's capable of doing now. Um, yep. Yeah. So, don't be scared to reach out. Yeah, like Eric does. He I do it. Don't be scared. <laughs> he network. 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 I said I call all sorts of people. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's on the phone constantly. <laughs> you know, if the, if, sometimes you get, you know, I've made some phone calls and like I can call hotels, anything I can find that has a phone number in the area, I'll call. And 
Believe it or not, you find some people that are, I like, how do I put this, strange, and they're like, uh, yeah, it kind of rained. And you, you know, in the, I use the weather because I know in some places it had to have rained or snowed, and they don't ask you correctly. If it's in a national forest, call it ranger districts. That's another one. They'll tell you the weather. They're not going to tell you where to hunt, but they'll definitely tell you how the weather's out there. They'll tell you how the forest conditions are. That's probably a better call. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really want to know what's going on in a particular unit, call a forest ranger, uh, where, wherever it is. It doesn't have to be in New Mexico. It could be anywhere from here to Idaho to Oh, shoot. Some, even some of those towns, they have live cameras. Yeah, that's another good idea. Look so at, like, yeah, look at those see live cameras and you see know exactly what the weather is doing. Yeah, get on the live camera and look and see if it's actually getting hammered or not. Which, like I said, out in the West, you want it to rain during the monsoon because it makes hunting way uh, nope. more more fun, I think. Uh, yeah, it'd true. get rained on, but I'd rather have the moisture that'd be hotter than the heck out there. Some people may debate that. I, uh, I think Rich actually wanted really droughty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, then you, you find the, one water hole. And yeah, you find can the one water sit hole. No one else that. sit on that thing all day long. They they have to. They like will. They, they will they, show they will up. Get water and they'll show up. So yeah, we kind of had that. that last year for turkey. Did you? Yeah, I mean it was it was dry, dry last year. So um, we only got one, but that's there was no calling. Nothing mattered. So we just sat on one watering hole, and one came in. And he ended up not being that good of a bird. Once we, I think he, he had some things wrong with him, but <laughs> what kind of things? Uh, size? No, he had, he had a bunch of lumps on his chest once we kind of cut him open. So I don't, huh. so you didn't, we eat didn't, him? yeah, we didn't eat him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was that the fall turkey or? No, that was spring turkey. Oh, okay. Oh, oh see, that's another thing, that. dude, is what? With our unit, what we drew. I saw one turkey. I'm not buying a turkey tag. <laughs> we could buy a turkey that you could also buy a bear tag, I know too. I can buy. I'm not buying. Not going to buy any? No. I probably won't either, but you can. You have that you opportunity, can. too. Yes. <laughs> I saw like, I mean, four turkeys out. If we drew the September did. deer in a certain unit, I would definitely buy another hey, bear does tag. The fall, does the spring turkey go away to the, like, it stops, and then it, you get to keep that turkey tag to the fall? No. Tag? No. The fall. So no, the spring turkey another. stops May 10th, I think, yeah. and then... What, like October? Maybe it is September. Yeah, it's September bow, bow only. Bow only. Bow only, and then in October it switches to yeah, shotgun. And I believe yeah. it's like any one bird. Yeah. So you oh, can get a hand nice. if you want. Anyone. Yeah. If you find a flock, just try and only hit one. Just hit one. <laughs> <laughs> or else you'd be in trouble. You're going to yep. be in trouble with the fish cops. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Make sure you have a tight pattern. <laughs> yeah. Don't so. use your uh, Remington uh, slot-off shotgun, per se, <laughs> for your home protection. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. I won't bring my 870 Remington then. <laughs> spend a little bit of money, buy a turkey uh, choke. man. You said the horrible word, spend money. I know. I got to get a new quiver for my bow. Hold the arrow, then I'm like, oh, man. Scare me back by it. I'm going to screw your bright head. <laughs> this guy man you know what it's part of bow hunting but I can't stand the stupid quiver it bugs the crap out of me I wish I could I tried carrying what was it yeah it was on this same hunt the same unit <laughs> and I I bought a backpack 
Like it a fanny like pack? A, it was more of a satchel. It was more like a satchel. Yeah, like a fanny pack satchel. I'm like, what the heck is that thing? And everyone's like, what is that thing? Because it carries the quiver like on your hip. And they pop out. And it was pretty cool. I thought it was awesome until you started busting through a brush. And they're like, hey, man, here's your brush. <laughs> I'm like, walking behind him picking up <laughs> his arrows. <laughs> Dropping arrows everywhere. But yeah, that bag. I like it, but the satchel part of it didn't work out too good. The satchel. <laughs> A yeah, it funny. was a special uh, hunting bag. It's his nice. hunting purse. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Purse and a gatherer. Did I wear it last year? Uh, I didn't use it last year. I used my old You wore it yesterday. See, and these guys are giving me three for making rings and all that and wanting to make you guys sandwiches. You're the one carrying a purse around the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> it's a satchel for arrows. <laughs> Mailman carries satchels. Indiana Jones had a satchel. <laughs> Indiana Jones also had a whip. And yeah, he was a man. He was a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, I don't like getting it. I don't like he go. can get it. That's it. all good. I like convenience. <laughs> I'm not scared. We chose this unit because guess why? There's a Starbucks nearby. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Starbucks nearby. I can get to the Starbucks within 10 miles of where we'll be camping at. Well, maybe get 10, 15 miles. It's not bad. It's not bad. That mid-afternoon craving that Starbucks, we'll just make that drive and be like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. But uh, probably not going to (laughs) happen. Just drive to local town, buy a free canned one for myself. And we did. Because you don't get a lot of cell phones. It sucks for cell phone service. Yeah, you get, and then you have to drive. Way too far. Just, you got to drive. Yeah, you have to drive. Especially when your wife's like, like, going to have a baby, you got to drive to town every freaking day. With your satchel? (laughs) <laughs> actually no you know what was doing great we left my satchel back at camp no I guess we did bring the satchel because, because we were driving to go call Jess see you know make sure she's not popping out a baby yet and uh, we're hauling butt we're wearing blue jeans t-shirts <laughs> yeah, no. and Ryan's like whoa 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 there was he saw a bull and some cane were driving by so I slammed not the brakes but you know, uh, backed it up <laughs> in the middle of a curvy forest road. Curvy forest road. I didn't care. If we're gonna get hit. Pulled over. That bull is still there with uh, some cows. So we got out and put a stock in with clothing on and everything. Nice. You know, I think that blew it out was our smell. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, we made a little bit too much noise and it blew them out. Well, we got in the cows. I, I remember that because I remember the cows moved in. They bedded down what, like thirty yards from us. Yeah. And we're like, oh, man, where's that bull? And we just never saw him. He kind of stayed down on the little hill. And then the one cow starts moving up, and she caught our scent, and that was it, dude. They blew out of there. We didn't have anything. We had no calls. We had nothing. Because we split them up, so that bull's bugling. The cows went one way. He went the other. All we needed was our cow calls. And we probably could have easily called him back into shooting distance. What we're getting at is you can strategize all you want, which is good because we are too. But guess what? Every now and then, some dumb luck helps out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we didn't get a shot on that bull, but he was by far the biggest bull we got in within probably like 70 yards within. And of course, we blew him out at that point. But he was a nice six by seven we blew out. Yeah, he was was big. And you're like, you got to be kidding me. In the middle of the day, too, because yeah. it was like mid- it was probably like 1 o'clock in the afternoon that we're heading yep. back into town to make that phone call. And we just happened sure to see him out there in the field the grazing. Not personally, but you know, no way. <laughs> but you never know, so always be ready. Um, plans. Oh, uh, coolers. 
That's always been a big deal. Like, what are you going to do with them after you shoot the, your animal? Yeah, that's oh, true. So, yeah, we've been talking about that. I can't afford one of those big coolers. Oh, what, I'm, those uh, Yetis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't buy a Yeti, sorry. No, um, way, I'll go buy an so Ozark from Walmart, Let's actually. Let's take a look real quick what you're talking about. But what I'm going to do this year, since I'm hauling my truck, I hunt with a truck and a sliding camper, and I have a Jeep, so it's I'm going to buy a trailer truck. and pull it. I am going to buy a chest freezer this year and kind of keep it out there and use my generator. And if something, if I do get something, I will have it in my uh, chest freezer. So what do you guys think about that? Chest freezer? I mean, I agree. we've I always thought of it. Yeah. I'm so going to try it. Last year, last year, uh, one, of, one of my good friends, him and his brother had an elk hunt in the Gila, and it was a bow. And so they took a chest freezer down with, I think, five of the five-gallon uh, water bottles just frozen, and it lasted the entire two weeks. Yeah, we tried a trick where we did um, frozen milk salt milk. water. Remember? Oh yeah, in those they, tubes. They freeze at a lower temperature. The free, like these freeze tubes, and oh, they were down. <laughs> I don't know. We but had so freeze. much like the milk jugs, oh, frozen yeah. milk jugs, and all that kind Start of doing stuff. That you know, milk jugs are freezing the crap out of those things. But, we just have a ton of ice. But getting but, a good cooler. I mean, Costco has a really big one for hundred bucks. And I mean, if you just save your old milk jugs. Freeze them, take them out there. Dude, it'll last a long time. You always have, you know, have that. What am I trying to say? That coldness, I guess. Uh, yeah. Sure. But <laughs> trying to get everything in, you know, into your cooler, you need multiple coolers. You know, especially an elk, a deer. You you know, you quarter them up, stuff like that. You could get the deer into one of those big coolers, you know. And then if you're wanting to mount your head, cape it out. Throw the hide in there, you know, make sure it's up on top so it doesn't get wet. <laughs> and then you could move the head off to the side. So, because the Yeti, or not the Yeti, I'm sorry, oh, Yeti, the Tundra 350, which is, I, mean, I understand that's a big cooler, is $1,300. Dude, you can buy, your, if you're going hunting, you're probably taking a generator with you, I'm assuming, more than likely. And you could probably buy a, an icebox freezer at Home Depot for what? Hundred dollars. Actually, they have one what at Costco it? right now for one hundred and thirty bucks. One hundred thirty dollars. You connect it before you leave. Freeze it, and then you connect your generator so often. Well, you bought also field. for cheaper oh, than gee. the one cooler. Thirteen hundred dollars. Right, right. That's a lot. For That's a lot of money. And it's pretty good. And then you know, to be honest with you, we all go on different hunts. We can just share it. You yeah. Know? And you it just it works out good. We all have a generator, so it's kind of a good idea. I'm sure every, not every unit, because depending on how I say the units, I know when we were hunting out in Unit 15, a guy, you could rent, this guy was actually renting space for a walk-in freezer. And I know where we're hunting at now, there's actually a butcher shop in one town and the other town that's close to us, actually we can find a walk-in freezer. And that's another good thing is to strategize is if you're near a big town, I'm not a big town. If you're near a town, make some phone calls. There's someone out there, more than likely, especially in elk country, that you can get access to a cooler. I mean, a walk-in cooler freezer. Oh, and, and a lot of you may those, want to have them on call, so that way you can get your animal. A lot of the little towns in the Gila, yeah, like they have reserve. Yeah. Uh, Apache Creek. I know. Come on, like they all. Yeah. You'll see signs everywhere. It's yeah. not going to be hard to find it. No. Um, and pack horses. They're not, a lot of these towns especially on the Gila because you can get yourself in trouble when you're in the wilderness. 
up north, there's the sergeant where your brother shot a cow elk. Yes. There's locals around that area. I think we talked about it before in the past. Make sure you have someone that, you know, where a cooler is on, on call. And if you shot one way back in there, um, pack horses. There are guys around that will pack out your elk. I don't know how much it costs, but they'll pack out your elk or your deer, whatever game you're packing. They'll, they'll get it out. You're yep. going to pay the price. I don't know what the price is. We haven't had to do it, thank God. But yeah. they're there. I know they're there. So just have all that lined up, especially if you're out of, out of state and you're not sure. I mean, yeah, you can do all the looks on Google Earth as you possibly want to, but it's still big country when it comes mm-hmm. down to it and you make so, yourself a little bit over your head, in over your head. Yeah, and speaking of taking care of your game and getting it to a cooler right away, the one thing what we do whenever we end up being lucky enough to take an animal down is we, we just start immediately and skinning that thing, start that cooling that meat. And we do that gutless, the gutless quartering. If you guys don't know anything about the gutless quartering, look it up, learn it. It's by oh, yeah, far YouTube, the best way. Tons of them on YouTube. It's the best way to disassemble an animal what you get. And it makes it easier to pack it out. If you're deep into the woods, you know, and try and learn to debone them if you can. That way you're not packing that extra weight. Yeah, and there's you know, videos that she had. Yeah, I've exactly. never done it myself. Um, YouTube University. <laughs> <laughs> it teaches you a lot. There's a yes. lot of good videos can, out there from people. If you can program my remote door control opener in my car with it, you can find out how to debone yep. a quarter. I know they're on there. We can do it. I mean, we've deboned a few just to get it into our coolers at camp because we couldn't get them in there with with the bones and all that. So we yeah. um, deboned them right there at camp to be able to get all the meat inside the coolers. But just learn it, you know. I mean, it, it's trial. It's it's something you gotta you <coughs> have to do it in order to learn it. So that's pretty much oh, it yeah. on my part. I think so. So if you drew, awesome. Congratulations, Congratulations, man. And uh, those that didn't, don't worry. There's next year. Um, and then there's other ways to hunt in New Mexico. There's Lanar tags. There's still the res tags. I know they're kind of on the pricey side, but I don't know what your budget is. But you have the res tags. You have yeah, if you're a meat tags. hunter, you could get a cow hunt get pretty, a cow pretty hunt. cheap. I feel like the cow hunt good. for some of the reservation hunts was running about $300 yeah, when I looked into it. Bad, really. so yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. And then that's you can get Lanar tags. You can get them down three, five hundred bucks. You know, yeah, it, it for, depends for on contact. what unit you're hunting. You know, yeah. I, I believe. Yeah, and um, bears over the counter. Yep. You can hunt bear, um, bow, and when it turns into rifle again, it starts off rifle, then goes into bow, then goes back to rifle again. Yep. And just you got to make sure you're under quotas on that, and then you still have the fall turkeys. You got the fall going turkeys. Going on, yep. and typically there's a lot of over the counter Havelina units too. So mm-hmm. squirrel hunting, squirrel, squirrel hunting, <laughs> <laughs> squirrel, 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 squirrel. We kind of talked about that today. We, as did talk about it. we have a, a guy with our buddy that uh, took it to the next level. I think <laughs> he definitely <laughs> took squirrel hunting to the next level. It's yeah, we just started hunting squirrels with a silencer. <laughs> it's down yeah. to the science. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, hunting squirrel with a suppressor for sure. Level. <laughs> yep. Uh, when you're hunting squirrels with a silencer. <laughs> But yeah, well, that, that's another we're story. asking him all the kinds of questions, and he has all paperwork, documentation, everything what he carries with him. So, if you know, hunting with that suppression, you pretty much have to because if you get stopped by the as Eric calls them, the fish cops, they're gonna want that documentation. And so, bark marks, there you go. <laughs> 
And those darn squirrels, man, every time Squir- I milk hunt, those things, they love to throw pine cones at you. And, you know, that's a true story. We were talking to our buddy that squirrel hunts, and he said, yeah, they actually throw pine cones at you. So you're like, whoa, no, trying to dodge pine cones. No, they're big deal. They must hate humans really bad. I don't know. Yeah. I think if I was <laughs> well, a they squirrel. They just sit there and they're like, they chirp at you. I would throw pine cones at you if I was a squirrel. Why? Just because I can that's the only thing I, I throw could probably pine cones do. at him, and I'm not even a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> that's because I'm good looking. Huh? <laughs> Compared to a squirrel, yes. I don't it's know, gotta, man. Squirrels are pretty cute. It's got to be a rude shocker <laughs> when you're sitting in a tree throwing pine cones, and then somebody knocks you out with a silencer. Like, you're having the time of your life, and then yeah, it's over. The squirrel buddy watches him. He's like, he didn't even hear anything. He's like, oh, dude, Bob just fell out of the tree. <laughs> what the heck happened with Bob? <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? He's bleeding out of his I think I'm Maybe I should throw a pine cone. (laughs) I'm out. I'm not going to throw those pine cones. Don't throw pine cones. You just might get a shot from us, a guy with a silencer. (laughs) We know it's coming. So, back to it. I'm glad if everybody drew. And if you didn't, don't get discouraged. Keep trying. Don't be discouraged. You know, it happens. I didn't draw for seven years, eight years for elk. Um, Well, of course, dear, a couple years. But just keep trying. Never give up. You know, support New Mexico. Be creative. There's other states. And then there's a lot of over-the-counter tags. So you can go and watch what you do and where you step. You make a lot of noise. Yeah, copy that. I was getting yeah, a little relaxed. Incorporate that into your hunting uh, regime. Walking quietly and speaking really quietly, okay? And controlling your breathing. Yeah. Yep. And that's what my Fitbit will do. Yeah, my Fitbit does have a breathing app on it. <laughs> So my heart rate down. So is Fitbit sponsoring you guys now? We got that all wrapped up. <laughs> We're working on that. We're working on it. Hopefully, Fitbit. Will if anybody from Fitbit so listening, they listen to this podcast. I've had <laughs> Come one for Fitbit. three years. I love it. Oh, man. Yes, it's definitely good. <laughs> awesome, guys. Like, yeah, my steps right now. Like, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm out. I have to. Thank go. you, guys. Thank you all for Good tuning doing. in, listening to. Thanks, Rob, for joining us. He's a guest. So thank to speak. you. Yes, thank you, and Victor. Thank Victor, you for joining thank us. You. Over's thank back you. there. He's asleep, but he heard everything. <laughs> this is like the old man wise back there. All right, Nobert. That's right. Oh, there he is. <laughs> He's that old part. And right he doesn't on, carry guys, a satchel. Thank you again he for tuning in, man. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Bye. <laughs> All right, later.